Welcome to the ET Podcast, where BJ has been having fun in the sun. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beach. Hola, donde esta la Beach? <laughs> okay, uh, today we are talking about, uh, I don't know what yet, we're kind of catching up on stuff, because I had a couple crazy weeks, and BJ was in Mexico, so that's probably where we should start. How was Mexico? It was absolutely fantastic. I've never been to Mexico before. Um, I know that a couple of years ago, you and your wife went to uh, Cancun, right? Yeah, yep. I've been there. I've been to Cancun once only, but I've been uh, across the border when we were traveling in the like American Southwest uh, a handful of times. So I've been to Mexico, oh, good. I don't know, a bunch of times over the years probably. Yeah, this is the first time I've been there. So I hadn't even seen the over the border stuff near Texas when we've been around, uh, just the stuff that came north of the border. And so uh, this is my first time. We flew into Cancun and uh, then traveled down by shuttle bus to Playa del Carmen. Uh, it was a company retreat. So it was really awesome. Uh, we do some co-working and then uh, we tend to really just have activities planned out. We're a remote, pretty much, into, I think we are now an entirely remote company. Even the people who live in the same city don't have an office anymore, as far as I know. So they're all remote as well. So this is our chance to really get to know each other. This is a chance to get to know the people from different countries. So it was, it, it's always great. Last year was Barcelona. This year was Mexico. And I'm like, last year, like the Airbnb I had, it was wonderful. Like it was so good. We didn't spend a whole lot of time there, but, but it was great. This time the villa, when we checked in, we had pretty much a villa nightmare this year and the one that i stayed in uh me and uh the i want to say six other people that was in this just giant villa had a terrible time for the most part like we we got there and they told us they they told the uh mitch our hr guy that he was going to uh, have the villa up and running like it was going to be finished but it wasn't going to have like art and stuff on the wall so you know just it was a new construction we were the first guests to stay in this one right we get there and sure there's nothing there there's some house plants it's no big deal but uh and because the villa was unfinished like we expected that they told us that but what we didn't know is that there was no hot water that none of the rooms had hot water, uh, especially the ones that were in the, the lower floor, the first basement level where I was. Uh, no hot water at all, which was fun for a week of showering. Um, that was, was, well, I say fun and I mean miserable. So I was super glad I've been taking hot showers every single night, uh, like as a, as like a treat to myself, not even like get up in the morning and wake up. It's just like, nope, I got hot water. So I'm doing this before I go to bed tonight. It was, it was just like no hot water was terrible. Like it was even in the oppressive, like 80% humidity and like 95, uh, degree temperatures, it was awful not having hot water um my boss had no toilet seat in his uh which he then realized afterward he it didn't have uh he couldn't flush the toilet either it didn't have water hooked up to it and then like that that night like the first night we were there it was either the first or second i don't remember but like the ceilings are painted right so you know how you have like a, a flat ceiling without the popcorn stuff and you paint the ceilings yeah so, have you ever had a leak in a painted ceiling? Uh, yeah, I've seen them before. 
So you know how it bubbles up yep. the uh, the 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 paint on top? Yeah, yeah. Well, it did this in the middle of the night when it rained directly above Nathan's face, oh, and then no. as it continued to rain, it exploded on his face and woke him up at three o'clock in the morning. And so he was way less than happy. It got all over the bed, all over his stuff. Like he had to sleep in the common room that night. Um, and then the next night, he had to. Uh, he actually set an alarm for when it was supposed to rain because they didn't fix it like they said they would. And and uh, they eventually got that one fixed, though. But it was just like that on top of everything else. Like, he was not having a good time at that point. And then uh, Jason, my co-worker, had no pipes for water <laughs> in his bathroom. Okay. Like, he didn't realize it. Like, he didn't know that he didn't have any. So he, like, turned the, the thing on and, like, he didn't have water. So he just, like, used his bottle of water to brush his teeth. And as he did this, he, like, spit into the sink. And that's when he realized that he had been spitting into the sink just onto the towels under the uh, sink because it was just a hole to the under sink towels like there weren't pipes in the sink here and so it was just like oh my goodness all of this stuff and then one night I came in and they were trying to fix my hot water which never got fixed and they had just taken the light out of the bathroom so it was just hanging down by wires and they had taken my shower head off and it was a rainfall shower so whenever I turned the water on I had to have a shower that night it was just cold water coming down in like one solid stream straight down into the floor wow. like okay. it was like, this was a nightmare for the most part on this. I mean, that part was not something like, and they wouldn't give us any money back. Like, we'd already paid. We had already uh, gone through everything. They wouldn't give a discount. They wouldn't give money back. They wouldn't do anything. And so Mitch was like, the only thing we can do is not leave a tip. But then that's the housekeeper and the butler, and they don't have anything to do with this. Then they just don't get anything. So uh, it was it was frustrating on that end. But uh, it was super it was super nice, other than like those things, where it sounds like that was a lot, and they were frustrating. But because when you're on like a group vacation, you don't really spend a whole lot of time in your own room, that uh, that was less less than it sounds but it was just kind of this perfect storm of terrible within our little uh airbnb there wow okay well you survived i mean i also heard i did well I'm sure you'll talk about it in a bit, but like you had some trouble getting back to the country too, right? I did. So I'll go ahead and talk about the end of the trip uh, yeah, to yeah. get talk the negative the stuff out of the so way. You can talk about the good things. Okay. So so the trip was great. Let me let me say that. Like everything between these bookends of terrible here are was absolutely wonderful and I loved it. So I get home and I'm like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I had some really, really long days. I had plenty enough time to catch all of my connecting flights, everything. I flew out at 1240 in the afternoon, um, which is also great because I didn't have a time change. Uh, Playa and, uh, and Cancun are still in central time. So this is like the first like international trip I've had that uh, didn't have any jet lag or anything at all. Like It was great. So I flew out at 1240. Um, I got there at the airport at like 9 a.m., so I had some time to kill. I get on the plane. We fly there. You know, you eat. You do the normal airplane thing. You get there. So flew into Charlotte, North Carolina, at which point I had to go through customs, which is normal. You have to go through customs and, and border control. Um, but if y'all weren't aware, American Customs and Border Control have a few issues. So... I arrived at 418 uh, because I looked at my watch and uh, know that I arrived at 418. It took me right at just under two hours to get through customs. 
like just customs a a, a an american citizen coming back into the country uh took two hours to get back through customs. Then I had to recheck my bags because you have to pick them up and then recheck them for some reason. Then you have to go through security again. I had just under two hours to catch my next flight. I got there at 418, flew out at 606. Well, since I spent that time rechecking my bags, going through security twice, and spending the time that should have been the normal layover standing in the customs line, I missed my flight. So I'm getting there, and I'm going through security the second time. Like There are a few of us who are just like freaking out. We have like 601 and 606 flights. So we're standing there, and it's like people are – we're all like looking at security, and we're like, come on, come on, come on. It's like I look at my watch, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. And the people in front of me are like, when's your flight? And I'm like, four minutes. And they're like, oh, my God, get in front of me. And so I had a few people like push me through. I go through security. I'm going to be fine. I'm at a far gate. I'm at like gate E33. So I'm really far away. So I'm like really, really rushing to get there, go through security. They pull my bag away. So I have to wait and get them to go through my friggin' bag, which is I have these rounds of Mexican chocolate, which are wonderful. Um, but they had to go through them because there are round things in my bag, which is the second time I've been through security and they pull like cookie shaped like circles uh, out of your bag and check. So y'all do do not fly with round stuff in a backpack because they have no idea what it is. And apparently the TSA is like, oh my God, what's a circle? So I rush through, like I get, I'm like, how far is E33 from here? Can I make it in the like two and a half minutes that I've got? And the guy just slashed you like, if you got rocket boots. So A, what a jerk. B, I just take off running. I get my stuff and I start sprinting. I sprint down the escalator and I am running as hard as I possibly can through the airport. Like it is a John Hughes 80s movie just running through the airport. Like I'm dodging people. Like I look like a crazy person and I'm amazed security didn't get me. But people run through airports when they're late. So I run and I run and he's right. It is like the farthest gate that I get. So I get there to gate I'm, and I have to stop like I'm breathing really heavy I have to stop a few times to like take catch my breath and I feel myself getting an asthma attack coming on but I've got an inhaler I'm like I'm gonna get on this plane so I run and I run and I get to gate E33 just on time guess what happened I know I they, can't guess because I know already you do they changed my gate without notifying me from E33 to E8 I ran past my gate perfectly on time to get on there. So I had to double back, uh, run the other way as hard as I could again, back to the beginning of the, the concourse, at which point I'd also uh, asked the lady, she was like, you got to check and see if your gate changes. And I was like, "You sh and I just yelled because I was already running, you should actually text people when they sign up for the notifications then. And so like I was that guy in the airport. I'm just running the other direction. I get there. My gate is already closed. There's no plane at the uh, at the whatever you call it, the 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 air bridge or whatever. There's nobody at the gate. So I go to the next one over and I'm having a full on asthma attack at this point. Like I am like like unable to breathe and get breath, like hyperventilating, tight chest, tasting metal, like hawking up extra stuff, like shaking, like full on asthma attack. And I like start 
trying to communicate with these people at the desk and it sounds to me like I'm yelling at them and it's like I I miss I miss my plane and I need to get it I ran just all of this uh so so they're like calm down sit down over here we'll get it taken care of you know we do this they got and so I go they're like take your puffer and I'm, that's what they called it was my puffer I was like I got it I dug through they're like do you need a, a medic or, or an ambulance or anything I'm like no I've got this so I got it, and after like four puffs of albuterol, I was able to finally start calming down a little bit, and they they got me rescheduled uh, everything for, this is at 6.09 in the afternoon now in the evening, they got me rescheduled for a 10.35 flight, so it's the next one that flies into Huntsville. At which point I'm going to be getting in at like 11-ish central time uh, because of the hour time difference here, which I then have like an hour and 15 drive ahead of me in the dark in a car that doesn't really work that well. So I had to stay the night uh, and luckily work said that if American Airlines didn't cover it, that they would. So, So at least there's that. So I had to check into a hotel, stay there that night, but I also had to wait that extra time. So it was 14 hours that day in airports or airplanes. And if you count the drive there, 15 air on the air, like having asthma attacks, all of that, like it was terrible. And I'd also been running on very, very little sleep for the last two days because of some of the activities that we had. And so two of the nights I got very little sleep uh, anyway, and I hadn't had a hot shower in a week. So I was very, very unhappy. And I'm still like recovering from that like con crud. (laughs) That's what I've been calling it is my con crud, except it's a vacation. Like I'm still exhausted from this week well but welcome that was back my... i'm sorry that you had like you said bookends of terrible that's pretty bad but you said the trip itself was like good right you had fun it sounded like it when you were texting me from mexico <laughs> yeah like the trip itself was great like mexican food is my favorite thing like so the way that they had set this up was yeah we have our co-working in the morning the normal stuff like 9 30 to whenever like we get up we go there we see people yada 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 then just during that part and other parts of the day they had three tracks of things that you could do if you were liked touristy stuff you could go do touristy stuff that they had set up with different tours um, they had a leisure track where they you could do a lot more uh, kind of laid back things um, and they had an adventure track that they called it where you could actually go out and do uh, things like snorkeling or swimming in cenotes or um, uh, like going to an adventure park things like that uh, so There were things like that scattered throughout the day. And one of the things they had was called the Mexican Experience. What this was, and y'all can check it out at themexicanexperience.com or .mx or .co.mx. I can't remember. But it was great. Like, it was telling about – it was kind of – have you ever seen Good Eats? And you know when he mentions like nutritional anthropologists and that lady comes up and is always telling him about the history of the food and why it is what it is? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what this was. It was an entire presentation of that where where they're telling you about this stuff. Then they bring out the, this food and it's like this is, you know, based on what the, the Mayans ate in this area or this is the history of this and uh, it's evolved into this dish. And this is the, the way that we used uh, cacao and uh, all uh, all uh, and mixed it with a fruit and got it together. Like I had this wonderful like cacao and avocado mousse, which was just wonderful, like crumbled cacao 
toppings on it for the a little extra bitterness on it. Like just great stuff. Like wonderful, wonderful stuff. Drinking hibiscus uh, cocktails. Like making your own, making your own uh, salsa and a molcajete with. Uh, 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 I can't remember the name of it, but it's the prickly pear on a cactus to sweeten it up a little bit. Like just great stuff. Learning about the food of the region, uh, it being super fun, super funny to uh, super funny with the guy. Like everything about it was great. Um, so we had wonderful food there. Stuff that I'd never tried before. Uh, stuff I'd never heard of before. Uh, it was just great because I love Mexican food. Like love it, love it, love it. And some of my favorite places in my local town are. Uh, like mom and pop owned uh, Mexican restaurants. Like they'll have like there there'll be entire families that own this restaurant, and like I'm pretty sure that the grandma is in the kitchen cooking on Sundays. Um, like I love Mexican food, and so this stuff is is great like that. So then we find this place called uh, like that. That tour was was wonderful. So that Mexican experience thing was just great all night long. Uh, everything about it. like this is like four hours by the way. Like we get there or uh, maybe three. We this is like three hours long. All of us sitting at a table, uh, getting there, learning about it, uh, laughing, talking, doing all this, getting like nine courses of food and samples and things like that. These tacos, learning etiquette, things like that. Like I didn't know that you don't take the very top tortilla in a, like when you get the bowl of tortillas with the lid and everything, you're not supposed to take the very top tortilla. You're supposed to go to the one under it. Did you know that? Uh, no. I mean, it, I probably do that because the top one's never as good because it's at the top and it's touching exactly. the Exactly. Yeah. It's there as an extra heat flap, he said. He was like, you can, uh, you can tell someone who's actually been, uh, like around real tacos before on whether or not they take the top tortilla or they take the one under it. Um, and so it's like, we started doing that and the dude was right. Like the under, under ones are way, way, way warmer and more delicious still just more flexible like it's great so we look around after that like the next couple of days and we find this place called el fogon and it is it's the place like i love to eat like it's one of those it's a local chain and it's not a chain like Chili's or something it's like one of those that's just like has multiple places around the city and like the, the the best part I look for the way I look for restaurants like this is how many white people are in there when I'm on vacation and the, the there we were the white people there and so it was great like we had a hard time communicating with some of the uh, staff and so I'm like great this is perfect the food there was unbelievable that the I've been posting pictures in slack I know of like the chorizo and Oaxaca cheese torta that I had the al pastor tacos like this place was just perfect like this is when i think of mexican food like this is the this is better than the stuff that i get at the places here just because the the ingredients are better like the the oaxaca cheese is better um the the the, the cactus is fresher things like that it's just so good and so there was that and so i ate my my weight in that like i ate so much like i went completely off the reservation uh for food and like calorie intake on this trip 
So after eating that, we go on to the to Cozumel Island and we have a four hour food tour. <laughs> like I signed up for everything that was like food related that I possibly yeah, it could. Looks like it. So like I did this four hour Cozumel food tour, which was wonderful and terrible at the same time because you have to take a ferry ride over to Cozumel Island. It's about a 45 minute ferry ride. And it was the worst seas I've ever been on where like we were going completely horizontal like on some waves like it was knocking us up to the side where you were completely like 90 degrees from where you were and i didn't know i got seasick until this but um i'm not sure if i can ever go on a a cruise or something because now even the most mild motion on a boat i feel like would make me that seasick so we get off and it's that way both ways like it's that way uh both ways so it's when we go and we're coming back so we get off of this most of us are seasick and then we have to go immediately into a four-hour food tour of local mexican mexican places but that fixed well fairly fixed like when we got to uh the first place because it was just this little home owned the first place was a little home owned uh quesadilla restaurant that was uh it was a dome and the the lady who had opened it up, uh, I, I can't remember her name now. I have a picture of it, but like she had like basically a room attached to the back of it. A lot of these places were home owned places where the family who owned it lived, like in the house attached to it from the back. And so it was just wonderful. And it was a quesadilla place, and that's all they they served just quesadillas. They had a menu of just different kinds of quesadillas, and they were the best quesadillas I've ever had. That they like. There's this one particular Mexican fungus that grows on tree, not grows on trees, that grows on corn that uh, like it looks like the corn is going bad, but it's like truffles is what it is. It's a mushroom that they take off and it has a really smoky texture. And so we have one like the night before or the couple of nights before at the Mexican experience where they made a paste of it on a sope and it was really good. This is an entire quesadilla with Oaxaca cheese and that Mexican truffle that, that I can't remember the actual name of, but that's what they described it as both places that it was Oh my goodness, delicious. Like, so good. And so we went through all of these places. We had fried fish. We had sopa lima, which is a lime chicken soup that is just just delightful. Like, all of this food tour is great. Like, four hours of it. I can't even talk enough how much I ate and how great it was. We went to a Mexican bakery at the end of it, and I got this, like, China bread that was banana and cinnamon. So good. Then this weekend, Jennifer and I are going to an estate sale, and we look off to the right in Russellville, which is this town that we've never gone to, but we know it has a, a large Mexican population, and we just go off to the right, and there is just in big letters, Mexican bakery. And so we go in and it is exactly like the stuff that I had there. So we packed up a big bag of stuff and brought it back home because the baked goods were so good and they were so good at the uh, the place in Russellville too. So it's like I couldn't stop eating this stuff even after <laughs> I came home. That's good. I mean, that's and, good find. Always local find is great. Yeah, like we had no idea that like this place like 25 minutes away, we knew that it had a big uh, Mexican population, but we didn't know that uh, that meant that there were we didn't think about it, honestly, that that meant that there would be a lot more locally owned Mexican restaurants and businesses. So uh, we found smoothie places that were closed because it was a Sunday. Like we're so going back there and getting all this stuff because like we are hardcore into uh, like real Mexican food. I don't even want to say authentic Mexican Mexican food, but it's like, I want this kind of food, like owned and uh, and made by people who actually know what it is, not Tex-Mex stuff. 
So it's so good. And then the last place that was really worth mentioning going to eat was, uh, I don't even remember the name of it now, um, La Perla, La Perla, uh, P-E-R-L-A. I can't pronounce it. I have an accent. Y'all know that. Um, but we went there. It was like 1130 at night, maybe. And we went there. We walked across town to get there because it was the only place that the CEO of our company could find. He wanted to eat grasshoppers. And so that was a very traditional Mayan food. Uh, so a lot of some places had uh, mentioned it. And this is the only one we could find in that particular area that was walking distance. And I was not a fan of the grasshoppers. I tried them. Um, it was not something that I particularly cared a great deal about. Also learned that night I don't like squash blossom. But uh, I tried a lot of stuff and uh not a big fan of the grasshoppers, but I did have some really, really good Oaxaca cheese curd quesadillas and like the chocolatiest, chocolatiest mole I've ever had. So it was so good. Sweet. Um, you had a food still adventure, missing all it this sounds food. like. I did have a food adventure. Uh, before, I'm all, you know, not even talking about the food and stuff. Like the last, the reason I was so tired on the wait the day coming home is because the last previous days, like, our adventure things like I was walking around all day doing stuff and like hanging out with people. And then at five o'clock on uh, Wednesday evening, we had we went to a nighttime adventure park called Fuego. And it was where like you zip line over the park across seven zip lines uh, across the park, like through rings of fire at night. You get to like drive Jurassic Park style Jeeps on this uh, this like trail that they've made where uh, like you you can. I mean, that's it. They tell you at every checkpoint that if you wreck the Jeep, you pay for it. Um, but we didn't listen. And like we only hit a wall once. So that was good. And we were uh, but we were going like they told us to slow down at every checkpoint. Like it was just awesome like just it was it really was literally driving through the jungle like because they had just carved this path out of uh out of the jungle that was there uh because the yucatan peninsula is basically just a big jungle with uh, clear patches in it like it was awesome and so we're driving through there doing all this and uh like this is all at night so we're doing this rafting where we're underwater in caves on this underwater river like uh uh paddling with our arms and and like they have a free swim where you go through and just swim through the caves and uh it's a place that could never exist in America because caves are so protected with what you can do with them that in Mexico there aren't nearly like the restrictions on what you can do with the land so they had carved out uh a lot of uh, this adventure park within the caves like like and and fixed it up to where they were attractions, but it was being able to be like in the cave, like in this underwater river within a safe environment that you could see what it was like without having to be on like a boat with like two dozen different tourists, you know? It was super awesome. Like it was called Fuego and it was Explore, X-P-L-O-R, if you guys want to look it up. Like it was super cool. And then I learned that and also all the food that was there at Fuego was all you could eat included in admission. So like they actually had this giant buffet and then they had these uh, uh, tiki huts, I guess. They just had these huts that were set up with food and drink and stuff that you could get. The, the, the buffet was all you could eat of anything that you wanted from chorizo sausages and Argentinian sausage like that. They have bone marrow, uh, steak. Uh, quesadillas, just everything that you could want. Like I had ice cream at one point there because it was delicious and I love ice cream and just, just everything. Like I gorged myself there too. 
<laughs> because I love food. And <laughs> so this is at like, uh, and so we're doing this at night, remember? So they also have fires uh, by the uh, by those little huts. And at them, they have packaged marshmallows, like jumbo marshmallows, uh, except like, you know how you get a pack of like jumbo marshmallows in the uh, in the store and they're like, you know, an inch or two. Uh, just normal big marshmallows. Yeah. Well, think about four of those put together. That's about what it was. Like four of those put together in just one package uh, as one marshmallow. And so they have these sticks beside it, and we're like, "What are? Th- oh, you can roast your marshmallows." So we got the uh, roast the marshmallows. We put them on the stick, and we went and we sat in these hammocks and chairs off by these bonfires that they had, just open to the public on these uh, like little beaches they had made up. So I learned at that point that roasting marshmallows over a fire is actually very much an American thing uh, among at least certain... It may be a Mexican thing because it's there too, but I know that with like my European co-workers where we were sitting there, like they were... had no idea how to do it. Like they didn't know where to put it in the fire, what to do. Like we were making sure they didn't sling the fire off so they didn't like napalm one of us with a marshmallow. Like you blow it off and it catches fire. Where to hold it like up for a less burned, lower for a more burned one. Uh, things like that. Like they had never done this before. Uh, and then uh, like they had never tasted it before. So uh, Mac, one of uh, my coworkers, uh, he's from Birmingham, England. And he was like, I don't like it. Just like marshmallow better. Don't like it roasted. Uh, like the the hot he did not like. So it was really cool learning that. That was something that I've taken for granted just doing my whole life of roasting marshmallows. Like that's not really something that's done in other places and it never would have crossed my mind otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They're all American brands like that make up a s'more because that's where it comes from. Yeah, right? yeah, for real. I yeah. mean, you get like, uh, I can't remember the name of Graham Crackers, the brand of Graham Crackers. <laughs> Like I can't honey like made. right now I'm thinking about honey mate. That's it. And then you have Hershey chocolate and like, oh my God, it's not stay puffed. That's one it's of not them. Stay puffed marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. I can't remember now, but anyway, like that, that was really cool to do. So that is at, uh, that is at, at night. So we don't get back to our hotel until, well, that, hotel or airbnb until like midnight that night we we catch the bus at 11 we drive back and it's 11 30 midnight and we go go back to sleep the next day i have to get up at 5 a.m to go to chichen itza um a couple days before we had gone to tulum which is a smaller city uh where the mayans were they they're beautiful ruins there like it was one of the adventure tracks like we did this like they are absolutely gorgeous i was climbing on uh what rocks i could most of them are are unallowed like i found a tree i could climb in like i just love it like our our tour guide was awesome we learned so much about the mayan people like they didn't actually believe in gods like we say a lot like the fire god the the jaguar god or anything like that that those were symbols for them to talk about these energies and just translation over the years got the like got people saying like they worship jaguars and things like that they were like, no, these are are like it's a, a symbol so that they could talk about and show the energy of the sun. So it was really cool to learn stuff like that, just like how great they were at astronomy, just their culture, just what all was going on, like was awesome. So we liked it so much that we wanted at Tulum that we wanted to go to Chichen Itza. But Chichen Itza is one of the like busiest tourist places like ever. And so if you don't go mega early, you're not going to really be able to see it without just being surrounded by throngs and throngs of people. So 
we got up at 5 a.m., left out at 6, had a two-hour drive, got there at 8, right when they opened up, and there was hardly anybody there at all. Like, hardly anybody there. We walk in out from under this, uh, which was, it was like the largest Mayan city. Like, the the uh, the whole thing is that uh, the main castle, the main temple, like the big pyramid, uh, is the Mayan calendar. Like, the way it's set there, they look for 700 years for this gigantic, uh, the place to put this gigantic temple. And it's beyond words to say how stunning it is like the scale of it the the grandeur of it is just impossible to talk about like you walk out from under this tree cover and you just see it and it is the most magnificent thing i've ever seen like just awe and i have just beautiful pictures of it but it doesn't do anything to show the the scale and like what it's like to see in person like it was worth getting up that early just to see that and so we're walking around learning about this stuff on the tour and um like where we go over and have you ever seen the Mayan uh, sports rings like where they're like ho- like basketball hoops yeah uh, yep I know what on their about. side yeah um they uh they had these there so they had like the the basically what would be the Olympic stadium and then they have the ordinary uh, courts that were used uh, every day like they they had this giant ceremonial stadium there that was just again the scale of it on the pictures like you cannot see how long this thing is like just how how huge these walls are and I showed Jennifer and I was like yeah this wall right here was taller than I am and she's like what uh, and it was like yeah it does not look like that. And so we're talking about this and learning it. And our tour guide had been doing this for eight years. She said, Claudia was just wonderful. And she told us that, and we have two professional photographers in our group here uh, for the, for the business. And there she's just looks at them and they've been taking pictures for on the last one and this one. So she's laughing and she's like, go ahead. Y'all just take your pictures right now. I'll, do the tour in a few minutes. This is the first time in eight years I've never seen another person in this area. There are always people in here. I've never seen it empty before. Take your pictures as you need them right now. Wow. And like it was just stunning with nobody there. Like it took like 10 minutes for people to work their way over there and have other tour groups coming in. But like without anyone in there, it really was just awe-inspiring how much work went into doing this and just what went on there like learning about all this stuff was was insane and then the uh we learned that like i'm sure you you and other people who are listening have seen pictures of these mayan ruins that they have the these stone buildings with like limestone and uh that are gray dark limestone and the light limestone like coming up out of these kind of grassy fields you know like you have the the grass leading up to them and then it breaks and you go up the stairs right yeah aren't they like dragged from somewhere really far away though uh, the the stones, yes, yeah. like the stones were quarried a lot of times far away, yeah, yeah, and uh, like they were carried on their shoulders a lot of times. Like if they were, if it was possible, uh, they were shoulder carried. If not, if they, if not, uh, had to be dragged. Like they couldn't use anything with wheels because apparently the circle was a, a sacred symbol, and so they never actually used wheels. They didn't have beasts of burden because there were none that lived there because it was such a harsh climate, uh, harsh environment that, uh, there were no beasts of burden actually there to domesticate. So they did it themselves. And like thinking about that in particular, like those two things, I can't imagine the, the work that went into these places. 
and I learned that from that, like they, they take them to the coast, they take them inland, all this uh, from the quarries and all this grass that we're seeing out there is completely foreign. They're, the grass is not native. Like Claudia laughed and she was like, yeah, they put the grass here for you guys. They put the grass for tourists to make pretty pictures. She was like, it, it wasn't like that. It, it was like, it would be like this. And it was just gravel and dirt. She was like, there were streets made out of concrete. Uh, but, uh, but all this grass, no, no, I wasn't here. That's here for you guys. And I just laughed because I wouldn't have even thought about that. You see them in pictures all the time, like with the grass around these temples and buildings, not native at all. And like, it was just, it was just amazing to learn so much about it. There was uh, like, I can't, like I have, like I said, I have so many pictures and I'm so excited. Like ruins are like my favorite thing ever. Like I even bought my house and there's like a broken brick wall in the back that's not attached to anything. It's just a standing wall, like half wall. And I just looked at Jennifer when we saw that. I was like, it's like I have ruins. Like I just love ruins. Like my favorite parts in video games are exploring ruins. Like I just love them. And so I, got to go to like some of the most impressive ruins ever uh and it was worth every second of of going and in this heat like beating down sun uh like not even uh, no shade almost like there's hardly any shade in uh Chichen Itza like getting up at 5 a.m. the travel everything totally worth it just to experience like seeing the sun like really come up from behind uh the main temple at chichen itza the the one the calendar one the the main one for uh quetzalcoatl was just amazing it's i'm so happy that i did that that uh, that made the entire thing worth it like to go to take that extra time to do everything like the the awful trip back home that i had i can still think back and just looking up at that it's like oh oh we don't make things like that anymore no it's just like so awe-inspiring but it's like i'm walking up and down the street with with groups and they're just people who come up and offer you drugs like it's a very touristy town. So they were, they were just walking up and offering, like asking if you wanted to get high. And so it happened six times in two days in the main tourist part, like the rest of the town, no problem. Like we were walking around everywhere, but the main tourist drag where all the like under armor stores and restaurants and like hard rock cafe, stuff like that. We, when we were walking up there, uh, we got offered drugs a lot. And my favorite one was I was wearing a shirt. I was actually walking alone this time. I was wearing a shirt, uh, that had Divi on it. Uh, the big D logo. Uh, it's a purple shirt, white uh, circle with a D inside. That's all it is. And, it was, and this dude just was like, hey, I like that shirt, man. What is that? And I was like, oh, it's uh, my company software. Uh, it's Divi. And he was like, cool. You want to get high in that shirt? And I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and I just kept walking. I was like, usually this one goes like, hey, man, you want to get high? And I'm like, no. But like that one, that guy had a script that he went with. He went off book. Uh, for it and like he went for like he personalized that for me and uh but it was like it was so funny to me but only in the big touristy places like i never felt unsafe like that was i felt more unsafe in the tourist area because of stuff like that than i ever did anywhere else like it was just people living their lives and uh, because that's what it is and so i just had i had such a wonderful time just just everything Everything about this trip was wonderful, except for, uh, you know, the 
20% more humid than here where I was, it was really uncomfortable, but I didn't want to die as bad as I, as a lot of the people from the colder temperatures. Uh, they just weren't used to it. And they were like, Oh my God, this humidity. I was like, yep, this is terrible. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the stuff with the villa and the way home that was bad, but man, the trip itself, it's such a good time. I'm so glad to be home, but I'm had such a good time. I can't recommend Playa uh, del Carmen to, Fly Del Carmen and Cozumel uh, more to anybody. Like, y'all should definitely check it out at some point. Sweet. Well, I'm glad that it went so well. It sounds like you had a really good time. And now you're back. Welcome back. I did. I'm back and things are normal again. Yeah, as normal as they get. Um, So before right. we do a little bit of geekery, um, let's talk about Geeky Off for the Week. Uh, but before we do that, just a reminder, you guys can keep sending questions to us. Uh, our yearly mailbag question Q&A episode is very soon now. It's only a couple weeks away when we record it. So get those in, send it on any of the platforms anywhere, and we will get it, basically. And then for Geeky Offer of the Week, we have Patreon, right? Yep. Always Patreon, you guys. You can check it out at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast uh, We would just appreciate any kind of support that you could give us. It helps us cover the costs of the show, uh, hosting, you know, all of that stuff. We have uh, special Discord roles for you. Uh, we have other cool stuff down the pipeline. We're working on getting some uh, patron-exclusive mini-sodes up, uh, mini-series. So we hope that you like those. Um, but you can check out patreon.com slash geek to geekcast to see what's there and what's coming up yeah for sure and then around the network this week um even though it's been two weeks so some of this is kind of mixed in terms of when it actually happened but uh geek to two they had an episode about blizzcon prep which was interesting to listen to i forgot that blizzcon was even coming up tea time with katie and chelsea they are doing more episodes around it's a lot of stuff around like movies from the early 2000s which is interesting but they covered first daughter which is fascinating um and sometimes rob had two episodes came out since we last recorded um him and his wife did one about top five advice for college students and then another one that was top five advice for it was adults but it was really like adults that are just entering the workplace which is they had some good things in there that i completely agree with like if you're just starting out as you know early 20 somethings adult um and then troidal of course is streaming thursday mornings uh capsule j streams tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m eastern and sometimes on thursdays and weekends and then for the geekery in the last week uh austin and 13 story are always writing about the latest stuff i assume you're out of the loop and we don't know what they actually wrote about though right yep i don't even remember at this point i'm assuming it has to do with dragon quest 11 for both of them i saw some stuff being published and i read it but i can't remember when i read anything at this point yeah, that happens. Um, but for Geekery, you had one thing, right? I have one thing where really uh, Jennifer and I have been getting back into meditation more. Uh, this is the time of year where we we have big problems with anxiety that uh, I've mentioned it before on the on the show where when the days start getting shorter, uh our mood starts to really uh, take a hit that we both get really anxious. We get kind of depressed as the days get uglier and sunlight is less available. And so a couple nights ago, we started doing together uh, the basics course on 10% happier. Uh, we've been like, I always do something for deep breathing or something at night, but uh, Jennifer needs to get into it. And she's never really uh, been able to just sit 
and meditate. So we're doing this together to kind of work on it and make it a, a habit and a practice for both of us. And so the uh, the 10% Happier app is always my favorite. We've tried uh, Headspace. Uh, she likes Joseph Goldstein's voice a lot better, and so do I. Uh, I, I actually think I learn a lot more from him overall than I do others. So I'm going to go through those as well. But yeah, this time of year spikes our anxiety. Uh, we have to be mindful of it. So we uh, have really started meditating, uh, purposefully meditating together at night with some quiet time before bed to kind of chill out and uh, and make sure that we uh, we're taking care of ourselves this time of year. So if any of y'all have like seasonal affected uh, depression, kind of like we do, uh, it may be a good idea right now to uh, check out our meditation episode and uh, look at some of the uh, the resources that we talked about there, because uh, I, this one I'm practicing what I preach. I had to get back into it. So uh, but it's fun. I like doing that. So, but yeah, that's about it. Playing Dragon Quest 11 as well uh, because it's awesome. But just in my spare time, that's basically all I've done is get back and sleep. Yeah, man. I, it's time of the year where you can get that vitamin D and those sad lights and get through it. Basically, I need to get a sad light this year. Actually, oh, I, I really you do. Should, if you I have, yeah, if you have that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, we need to get one. We we definitely do. We've been like redoing a lot of lighting around the house anyway, like ordering some things. So that's one that we just need to to add on uh, to put in and use. Yeah, no, I'm not a doctor. So anyone listening, do take that under consideration. But seriously, like take vitamin D every day and get yourself a sad light and it helps. Uh, it's a world of difference. Um, My doctor actually did prescribe uh, vitamin D supplements to me at one point and told me to get the 5000 uh, IUD or whatever. It is. I don't think it's IUD. That's something else. But the 5,000 count of uh, whatever it is, that uh, it helped a bunch. So I need to get more of that myself, too. Thank you for telling me about that, <laughs> for reminding vitamin D pills. Uh, but my doctor really did say the 5,000 was the one to take. So your doctor may say differently, y'all, but that's what mine said. This is not a medical advice podcast. Um, not at all. So I have been doing i don't know a little bit uh, the last month has been crazy for me and we this is the first time we're recording one episode in a night instead of two because either you or i had a conflict for like the last month and a half and a lot of yep. that has been because i have been in my busiest season of the year where we are finishing prepping all of the marketing assets for all of the everything in q4 which is our busiest season of the year as a business um, but that means that my work and my team's work and everyone who works for me our work comes up front so that it's ready by that time um, so we've been in the middle of that and then also we launched a new brand and so basically every like night and weekend has been taken up with work for me um, so i've been working like 80 or 90 hour weeks basically since before labor day slightly before labor day um, that's where I've been at. So I don't have as much geekery as I normally do. I think things will even out here again, starting probably this week. It's seeming like it so far. Um, but I did do a couple things. One is more like geekery that my kids were doing. So they got a Nintendo Labo set. And they got okay. like the starter variety kit. And man, Nintendo Labo is just amazing for kids. I didn't realize how good it was for them until like they had it in their hands and they were playing with it for a couple days but they my kids are old enough now that they basically needed like no instruction from me no adult help or anything they just went oh. at it and they built stuff they had such a good time and like learning how different mechanisms work and then in the end you have like a game with a, a unique uh interface mechanism for it um it was so cool so i 
very much anticipate that they will want more Labo stuff for Christmas, and I wouldn't hesitate to get it at all because they had such a good time. And my wife and I were constantly impressed by like each night they would like bring up a thing or two and be like, "Look what we built! Look what it does!" It was amazing. So that does sound really awesome. Like that was the thing when I saw it. Like that kids would love it way more than me. Like that is not a product that was made for me. But when I see like when I hear about that, I'm like, yeah, kids would love to put stuff like that together. Yeah, so it was one where like uh, I watched them one night once they were like a couple days into it, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I would have gotten much enjoyment out of this, but it is so perfect for kids at the right age. Um, and so I would say right age is probably somewhere like 7 to like 11 12 somewhere in there so my kids are in the perfect age range right now and they're loving it so that was one of the big things and then um i also tried out mario kart world tour and i'm not a fan i know you tried it and you liked it i love it right actually i've been playing this one every day doing challenges and uh just just sitting there playing Mario Kart, like while, you know, I've mentioned before, as we watch Dr. Pimple Popper, I'll have something in my hand uh, playing stuff. And right now it's Mario Kart World Tour because I really fell in love with it. Jennifer did too. And I just don't like it at all. It feels way too on rails for me. Um, The steering assist is always on and like you can win races without doing anything, like almost no input and you can just win anyway. Um, There was no challenge and there was also not enough control for me because I'm somebody that when I'm actually playing Mario Kart, like I want minute control over every slide and like everything around each turn. And I want full, like all of those things that they added in Mario Kart 8 deluxe where you could like turn all of the assists i left all of those off all the time because i hated playing the game that way it took way too much control away from me that's what mario kart world tour feels like feels very simplified and i just didn't like it and then the controls are just they're not precise enough for me like i it all came down to like i wanted more control of it because that's how i play mario kart these days and it just didn't have it and then on top of that i mean there's gotcha mechanics for racers and vehicles and um there's also no multiplayer like it looks like you're playing against other people but you're not it's actually preloading like people's names and maybe data even though they haven't actually officially said that and you're just racing a bunch of computers essentially is what's there so i was kind of let down by mario kart world tour but if you're like bj like you might like it like what do you like about it everything you hate Actually, um, I the only thing that feels like it's it doesn't feel like it's on rails for me. It feels uh, the only thing that it does like that is the uh, when you can't fall off of edges, which I'm glad about because I hate that. Um, That's not fun for me. So I leave that one on on uh, Mario Kart on on Mario Kart 8, I guess, on the switch. And so I like that one, but I like the controls now that I'm used to them. I turn them off of drift and just onto the onto the normal controls. And so I can drift around any corner that I want to. I figured out how to pull a little bit down as you slide to the left to be able to to get like the super the red super mini turbo uh, to drift around. I've had a lot of fun doing that. I've been playing it on 150 and 200 CC. Uh where it's not nearly as easy to get uh, to get first and second as it was um, on 
50 and 100. Uh, I like that. Uh, I don't like gotcha mechanics in general, and but this one doesn't feel as bad because as you rank up, you end up getting, and you play through some of the levels, you end up getting uh, most of the racers just as gifts as you go through, especially with the two-week uh, gold bonus that you get, the like whatever their premium subscription is. Uh, you get most of them through that. I think I'm only missing like two racers at this point, maybe three, uh, something like that. Like not many at all. And um, I just, I, I have fun with it because it's not a console game. Like it's absolutely not the, uh, the, the Mario Karts that we're used to on, on console, but for a mobile game where it feels like Mario Kart, it actually does feel like Mario Kart. Um, I've seen some reviews talk about how it doesn't have that manic, uh, Mario Kart just items everywhere and I have a feeling that those people wrote those reviews on early early courses and slow uh, slow CCs because they get kind of nutty on 150 and uh, 200 as you're going around some of the later uh, the later cups um, I've had a lot a lot of fun with it I like getting badges for doing different things I like the challenges um, I I tend to like that it makes me change my driver one thing that I tend not to do in uh, Mario Kart games is change who I'm playing as I tend to find one cart one uh, whatever you call them, one airfoil I don't know what you even call the air things the parachute stuff uh, one of those and one uh, character that I like that all goes together and I pick them every time. I guess tires now too. And uh, I never adjust anything. And this one makes me pick different ones based on the course, which makes me play more people, have different items as I go through. And so it's just uh, it's just fun to do. I just like, it's not something I'd ever like look at. I don't even want to say competitively, but it's not something that will be... I don't even know how to put it. It's not something that will ever be like a a big game, like one of those, like, oh my God, I'm going to play Mario Kart World Tour. But it's one of those where I'm like, I'm going to play Mario Kart right now. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take some time, like sitting in the airport and I'm going to play Mario Kart Tour. I had more fun on it than I did like the Apple Arcade games that I had on my phone. Cool. Well, yeah, so your mileage will definitely vary on that one, but eh, mileage because it's a racing it. game. It's like, <laughs> and the other one doesn't. <laughs> um, that's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback, or please send in your questions. There's not a lot of time left just based on when we record that episode, uh, but our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can find the links at geek2geekmedia.com. And while you're there, you can check out all the rest of the content on the network. I blog at angrymushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I am at Professor Beege on Twitter, and you can listen to me more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beach with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Adios! Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Capsule J. 
That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. Bye.